This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 21st, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The right to earn an honest living isn't one that we should really have to assert as a constitutional right, but then again, Americans must regularly assert their right to speak freely without government interference. So goes economic liberty as well. Tim Sandifer is principal attorney at the Pacific Legal Foundation and an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. He is author of the new Cato book, The Right to Earn a Living, Economic Freedom and the Law. Unfortunately, because since at least the 1930s, uh, American courts at the federal and state level have turned their ba- back on this uh, on this fundamental aspect of liberty and have allowed legislatures to intrude on it on a, in a variety of ways. And the result of that has been that most lawyers and judges and law professors today regard the very idea that you have economic liberty as ridiculous. Um, the idea is prevailing in, in law schools today is that the right to engage in a lawful occupation or the right to earn uh, money for your for your work at whatever rate you demand or the right to set your own make your own decisions as what hours you'll work or what vacation you want, that those are all privileges that government gives you and government can redistribute wealth and opportunities to serve whatever the elected officials think would be a good idea. Where do we see this most in terms of occupations uh, at the state level? There's basically, historically, there's been two, a division. There's been um, certain kinds of professions, learned professions like lawyers, doctors, and so forth. And then there's been what were called common occupations. And common occupations are trades that you can learn fairly quickly. They often involve manual labor and low startup costs. And the common law protected the right to enter into a common occupation from unreasonable government interference uh, all the way down from the from the 17th century to the present day. The learned professions could impose more restrictive licensing requirements uh, in order to ensure that you were well-educated in your profession and that sort of thing. But even there, courts protected those rights until the early part of the 20th century. I think what you see today is that uh, it's across the board. Every profession has its licensing restrictions. The California Handbook for Occupational Licensing that lists the professions in the state that require licensing is something like 300 pages long, I think. So uh, just about every occupation in the country is subject to these licensing restrictions, and more so every year as established companies request legislatures to establish uh, more restrictive uh, limits on entry into the profession in order to uh, raise the prices that they can charge from their customers. A great example of this, of course, is, is the one that I'm a member of. I'm a member of the Law Cartel, which is maintained by the bar exam and the American Bar Association. And the licensing examination, the bar exam, is designed, at least in large part, to prevent lawyers from entering the business and raise prices. So uh, in Arizona some years ago, too many people passed a bar exam, and the state raised the passing score. Now, if the law existed in order to protect the public from incompetent practitioners, they would say, oh, great, there's more practicing lawyers that are competent. This is a good thing. Instead, what they did was they said it's a bad thing and we need to raise the passing score because we're having too many lawyers and that's reducing the prices lawyers can charge. This is a question uh, I think libertarians don't like to hear because it is uh, a question about what rights aren't in the Constitution, essentially. But when we read the Constitution, look through it, its framework, where do we find this right to earn a living? It's a free association. Is it? Is it that kind of thing? Uh, well, it's partly that. Um, you find it primarily in the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments, both of which protect liberty. The problem with uh, analyzing things in terms of is this right protected in the Constitution and that sort of thing is that freedom does not come in discrete quanta. 
Uh, freedom is an open-ended opportunity to act with your own energies and make your own decisions. So when we speak of liberty, uh, freedom of religion, for instance, we don't say, do you have the right to be a Protestant? the right to be a Catholic, the right to be a Jew, and so forth. We say you have the freedom to make your own decisions in this realm. So when we talk about economic liberty, it's the same thing. When we, you know, it's easy to make, to ridicule and to make jokes and, and, uh, and play down the importance of economic liberty by saying, oh, well, I don't see the right to practice the trade of such and such in the Constitution. Well, yes, I suppose not if you insist on misreading the Constitution. The Constitution protects liberty uh, and says that you cannot be deprived of that liberty except through due process of law. And that has been understood as far back as the 16th century as protecting the right to earn a living without unreasonable government interference. Now, what qualifies as reasonable will differ from case to case, but the role of a court in such a case is to ensure that the legislature does not, at the very least, violate your uh, uh, economic liberty simply to benefit established businesses and those with political influence. Given the McDonald decision in Chicago uh, that dealt specifically with the 14th Amendment, where does the right to earn a living stand now uh, as compared with the day before that decision was rendered? It stands about the same place it stood before. Uh, what we were hoping in the McDonald versus Chicago case was that the court would take a serious look at the decision it rendered in the slaughterhouse cases in 1873 that, to all intents and purposes, erased the privileges or immunities clause from the Constitution. That clause was intended to protect, among other things, the right to earn a living without unreasonable interference. Um, since that case was decided in 1873, the court protected rights under the Due Process Clause instead, or or also, rather. Um, and I say that because a lot of people say, well, the slaughterhouse cases was wrongly decided, and privileges or immunities is where our rights really ought to have been protected in the Constitution, and substantive due process was wrong. That's incorrect. In fact, substantive due process was a well-recognized, well-respected constitutional theory as far back as 1819. It was well understood by the authors of the 14th Amendment and was specifically intended to be part of that amendment. So uh, economic liberties were protected under both of those provisions. After the slaughterhouse cases, it was, of course, only protected under the Due Process Clause. And then it was in the 1930s that courts began to scale back protection for this liberty in the realm of due process. So we were hoping that McDonald would reassess this issue of the Privileges or Immunities Clause, and it didn't. And so we're left with the same due process protection we had before, which is not much. But Justice Thomas's opinion in McDonald certainly opens the door to future cases uh, to another generation of judges and lawyers to reassess the 14th Amendment and protect economic liberties the way they were intended to be protected. As an entrepreneur, one of the most important decisions you're going to make is with whom you're going to compete. That is taking your knowledge and your resources and directing them in some area that you believe can get you a profit. And uh, as such, uh, if you accept that side of it as being an entrepreneur, that's an upside. The, downs the, other, the downside is once you're entrenched, people are going to be deciding whether or not they're going to come compete with you at any given time. You're saying in a, in a lot of states uh, for certain professions, 
That is not the case. Right. What, what happens is in a dynamic free market, uh, businesses have to serve the customer and charge low prices or find a niche market in order to survive. What happens now under the, the current law is that established businesses can wield political influence and thereby prevent fair competition. So uh, what happens then as a result of that is that established businesses get entrenched and can charge what they want and provide poor service. I'm working on a case right now we filed about three weeks ago in Missouri where I represent uh, Mike Muni. He's an entrepreneur who runs a business company called ABC Quality Moving in St. Louis. And in Missouri, if you want to run a moving company, you first have to get permission from the existing moving companies. Um, and what this does is it pre it prevents fair competition and it drives up prices. Now, we won a case like this in Oregon a couple of years ago where they also had a law that said if you wanted to run a moving businesses, business, you had to get permission from existing companies. In that case, uh, the state had not issued a new license for a moving business for two years before, before we filed that case. In October of last year, the state, as a result of our lawsuit, uh, repealed that law. And since that time, there have been at least 20 new businesses in the moving industry opening up in Oregon. This shows how economic freedom is not just is not just a good idea uh, as far as as individual rights are concerned, but it benefits the public. It increases competition, it drives down prices, and it lets entrepreneurs earn an honest living for themselves and their families. These people, my Mike Muni and these other clients in these cases, they're not asking for a handout or a bailout. All they're asking is for the government to leave them alone to devote their energies and make their own choices to earn a living for themselves and their families. Tim Sandifer is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute and author of the new Cato book, The Right to Earn a Living, Economic Freedom and the Law. You can get your copy at cato.org.